Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts to help you make, manage, multiply your revenue and impact in the world. I'm your host, David Ubita. The Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast starts right now. Pin drop happens, like, again, across the board. So I do workshops for um, Vanderbilt's medical school on women's sexuality. No one says anything. I mean, sometimes eyes aren't even looking at me as I'm speaking. And I'm wondering, you know, I sit there and I'm like, God, am I boring or is something wrong? And then, like, I try to do a filler check at the very end to see, like, where people are at. And everyone's just like, oh, I never knew all of this. This is so, like, new to me. We need to have this for 20, you know, for three days or whatever. And the same thing with professionals. I'll do it with um, with different people who are counselors and therapists and social workers. And I'll see no one say anything. No one's really making eye contact. And, this, and I'm just really, like what's going on where because I, I kind of am a very engaged presenter where I need feedback and everyone's just like I'm too scared to talk or this wow. information is so new to me that I don't even know how to process what you're telling me and um, it's funny because I'm so kind of on the, the other spectrum of things now with being sex positive and being informed that I forget how much people don't know all right, guys, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Uh, my name is David Yubita. I am your lead hacker and host for this beautiful December chilly, snowy day here in the Chicagoland area. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and had a chance to spend some time with family and friends and Uh, Hopefully, you've already started working off some of those carbs that I know you you inhaled during the holiday. (laughs) Am I telling on myself here? Um, Guys, I'm really, really excited about today's guest. It is a first. We have a sexologist on our show today, so you may want to uh, bust out the pen and paper and take some voracious notes. Uh, She's awesome. Her name is Renee uh, Burwell. And uh, before we dive into that, before we dive into the interview, just want to give you guys an update on the show. Guys, we are on 10. We're available on 10 digital platforms like Google, Spotify, iTunes. And uh, as of the last show, we were available in six countries or downloaded in six countries. We are now in seven countries. Go figure that. So, a big shout out to the United States and uh, France, Sweden, the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, and Australia. And now we can include, drumroll please, Ireland. That's right, Ireland. So a big shout out to our listeners in Ireland as well. Welcome to the podcast. So guys, uh, please subscribe and share your favorite episode, your favorite life hack with friends, uh, whether it be social media, whether it be word of mouth. Um, you do us a huge favor, not only us as a podcast, so that people can more easily find us, but the truth is, and the most important piece about sharing uh, the word about what we do here on the podcast is you're helping out your fellow entrepreneur. 
you know, you just never know where your entrepreneur friends are. Where are they stuck? Sometimes we don't talk about it, right? But um, these podcasts are designed, these episodes are designed to really help fellow entrepreneurs make, manage, and multiply their revenue and impact in the world. So make sure you do that. So during our Who New segment, uh, I, I've got to share this with you guys because my, my, my sons, I have twin boys, Zion and Jordan. And if you're listening to the show, what's up, boy? What's up, boy? Uh, so I have to do everything twice, okay? So when I say good morning, I have to say good morning twice every day, okay? So <laughs> I'm used to it by now. So uh, during my Who Knew segment, I wanted to share with you guys, uh, again, thanks again to my boys. Did you know that people would actually pay to get slapped unconscious? Yes, let that sink in. People pay money to get slapped unconscious. Yes. So it's called the Russian Slap Championship Slap-Off Contest. So you've got a – there's an entrance fee to be a participant, a contestant, and the world champion is known historically for the past three years to slap people unconscious. So <laughs> I think I found my new favorite sport. Huh? How about you? So I just wanted to share that with you. Make sure to jump on YouTube and look up the Russian Slap Championship 2019 slap-off contest, and you can see for yourself that this is an actual thing. So who knew? So today on the podcast, guys, I wanted to introduce you to a good friend, Renee Burwell. She is a sexologist, and she owns – she's the CEO of Pandora's Awakening – uh, I, I can't wait to dive into this conversation with her and also share with you just her brilliance. She's just such an amazing soul. And the way she handles herself, the way her insight and honesty and authenticity is just, uh, it's very infectious. And during our conversation, during our interview, I couldn't help but walk away with just an even greater appreciation of the work that she does. You know, I want to also stress before we dive into this episode that the content within this episode is for adult audiences. So please, if you are not an adult, if you are 18 years old or under, although I appreciate you listening in, you've got to know that the content that we will be sharing within this episode is uh, for adults only. So on that note, before we dive in to catching up with Renee, we're going to go ahead and uh, hear a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, if you're a B2B company looking to generate consistent sales opportunities on LinkedIn, make sure your profile has been looked at by a pro. For a limited time, MRDEU Global Media is offering a free LinkedIn profile assessment to increase your profile's organic reach with prospects on LinkedIn by 32%. Schedule your free LinkedIn profile assessment at mrdeu.com. At mrdeu.com. Welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast with your host, David Ubita. Hey, on the line today, we have our, this is actually a first, uh, Renee Bur Burwell, a sex therapist and uh, all around goddess. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Renee? I'm doing good. How about yourself? 
I'm doing fantastic. You were just overseas visiting uh, Le Paris, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Is that your first time? Have you been there before? Um, it was my first time. What was your experience? And it was like? a great it was a great experience for me. Um, it's so funny. A lot of people were telling me that the streets would be smelly. You know, people would be rude. All this kind of stuff. And I accidentally not why well, unintentionally went during Fashion Week. So oh. I don't know if because of that it was clean and beautiful and everybody was nice <laughs> and got to see all this high fashion. I just pretended like I was a fashion editor, but I was like out all night. The drinks, like they're so specialized and amazing. It was a great experience. Yeah, Paris is interesting. Uh, I've been there a couple of times. And if you're an American, um, I think you're either going to love or hate it. There's like no gray area when you visit Paris. Yeah, that's what I hear. And I hear it's a town for introverts, and I'm more of an introvert myself. So it's just kind of like, okay, I can just go and I can just, you know, explore and not really have to engage too much. But it's just so busy, you know, because everyone's there. But every time I spoke, there were like Americans nearby. I would go into like a little store with only one or two people, and there were some Americans in there. And it was just like I just collected people along the way. So it was um, really nice. I love places that have great transit. And, you know, their metros get you everywhere, all over the town and back into the suburbs. So it was it was really nice. Yeah, the metro there is probably the best that I've had the opportunity to travel in. Uh, very quiet, um, which is hard to believe considering, like Chicago, everything being so noisy, steel on steel, where the metro over there uses rubber tires. Mm-hmm. And I think probably why some people don't like it is people who aren't really used to cities. You know, so to me, I used to ride MARTA in Atlanta, you know, in D.C., ride the metro there. So it's like for me, I know what that vibe and that energy is like in New York. It, it's like a similar energy. So that energy I'm more gravitated to because it's fast paced and it's independent versus if you're somewhere like Nashville, you have to have a car. You have to um, kind of be on other people's schedules. And I kind of like that in Paris. You can kind of just do your own thing and not feel like you have to wait on some 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 other type of transportation if you don't have a car. Agreed, agreed. So what an interesting topic, Paris, uh, iconically known, historically known as uh, the city of love, amore. And yes. um, I think our audience is going to be very, very uh, pleased with – uh, the subject that we're going to be talking about today as a sex therapist and entrepreneur. And um, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show was because you just had some really unique perspective. Uh, and just to put things into context for our, our listeners, uh, we met via a mutual friend here in the Chicagoland area. Matter of fact, it was for my birthday. You guys took me out for my birthday, which was like, holy cow, what a wonderful uh, way to meet someone for the first time I was like, hey, you, you need to come over more often. <laughs> and um, I, I just really appreciated your 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 candor and your professionalism and really your insight and your kind of like Noel Holes Bard. Hey, listen, this is this is you know my position or interpretation on this particular subject matter. So, um, if you would just share with our audience. Uh, just a little bit about your journey on on becoming a sex therapist. Uh, is this something that you wanted to do for a long time? Um, is this kind of like a life calling? How did this evolve for you? Okay. Um, 
this question I get very often, and it's one of the most complicated questions for me because um, in some ways, I don't really think I, I, I feel like in some ways I've always kind of known that this was like a niche or area that was, that fit me well. Um, from an early age, I've always had kind of like an energy where people could just open up and tell me all of their secrets and tell me all these taboo things. And I could kind of just have compassion and grace for people. Mm. And, but on the other hand, or, and on the other hand, um, as I'm a person of color, I'm African-American, it was a, a kind of like a theme that I had to do something that had money that was like prolific, you know, and it, I needed to be a doctor or a lawyer or have some type mm. of major business and CEO or somewhere. And mm -hmm. I kind of tried to go more into the engineering route, industrial engineering, so I could kind of have more of a business mindset. So um, I could kind of chase the money, you know. And as I was going through the engineering process, I've always been very good in math and science. I just realized that it wasn't really for me. And I, don't, I really wasn't knowledgeable about all the things you can do with the engineering background or a math degree. And I kind of just felt like, I wanted to do something that was more people oriented, but I also mm. always knew I had an entrepreneur mm. spirit. So I ended up going into psychology and economics. So I was just like, you know, if I want to make money, I want to at least know how to read people's minds or, you know, when you're young, you don't really know what psychology <laughs> really is. I want to be able to read people's minds so I can take their money. And <laughs> great, great superpower. Yes. That was going to be my superpower. And, um, as I did that, I was just like, well, maybe I can go into law still or do something. Cause again, I was trying to chase the dollar and yeah. I ended up doing after undergrad, I ended up doing an AmeriCorps VISTA program and that's kind of like Peace Corps, but domestic and everyone, and I was out in Los Angeles and everyone who I was working with was just like, Renee, everything that you say you want. Cause my ideal idea was I want to have kind of like a YMCA that focused, that had like a mental health component. And everyone was just like, you know, if you want to do something like that, because I was like, a YMCA is a nonprofit. It's a, it's a social entrepreneurship type business. Um, and I figured, okay, I could make good money. I could do this. But everyone's just like, you know, you really should consider doing social work. And, you know, again, going back to my mindset growing up, social work, like that's like not really a glamorous career, <laughs> you know, right, my thought right. that's um, children and family services. I'm going into people's homes, taking kids, because that was the picture that was portrayed to me. Um, but then when I did more research, I realized that most people who were executive directors of nonprofits were all social workers in California. So I ended up going into the social work program at USC. And of course, because I was trying to chase a dollar and chase, um, I guess, esteem, I guess, if that, you know, like, I don't want to say privilege, but just kind of, I want to chase kind of like stardom in some ways. And mm. if that makes sense, I ended sure. up putting my MPA and my MSW together. because I was just like, you know, I want to have, be a, a dual power so Holy I can wow. have these nonprofits. And then, you know, when I was out there, I ended up trying to find a job after school and the first one, well, I had several job offers, but the job offer that sat, sat the best with me is I ended up going back to USC and working as an academic advisor. Um, and when mm -hmm. I was there, I was doing a lot of nonprofit stuff because USC has so many resources. It was just so easy to tap into those resources and put them into the community. 
However, I had a family member that got sick. Well, yes, I had a family member back home on the East Coast that got sick. And what I realized was being in California was just too much. So I ended up deciding, I was like, I'm going to go anywhere on the East Coast so that I can at least be a drive away. And just so happened, I got my first job in Nashville. And I was and the first job was as a medical social worker. And at first, I was just like, Oh, I don't know, this isn't an esteemed position <laughs> in some ways. And it's not entrepreneur. It's not really social. I mean, it's not really social entrepreneurship either. But um, what it did was it taught me more of some I mean, in social work, I've worked in almost every aspect. And I've seen a lot mm -hmm. of suffering. But I saw even more suffering being in the medical field, you know, and mm -hmm. some of it was just unnecessary. So um, the work was a little bit was draining, um, but it was rewarding in some aspects. But because of policies and politics, things in Tennessee specifically kind of got really bad where I didn't feel like I was helping people in the capacity that I wanted to. And um, I was talking to, you know, I just feel like sometimes the universe gives you signs. So I was talking to one of my friends and they were just like, Renee, um, you know, bedroom candy, they're um, looking for consultants. She would be great at doing parties because you're like the sex encyclopedia. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, just trying to get away from just doing the medical social work. And then I was talking to a client one day and I was just telling them like, hey, um, you know, I kind of want to get out of working on the side of suffering all the time. And they're mm. just like, and I just told them, and I kind of just brought back that envision, like, I really would like to do something that was more holistic, because I was working in hospice care, too, in that, and I was just like, you know, I really like hospice's model of care, because if anybody who's on here knows anything about hospice, it's very comprehensive. You get a spiritual leader, you get a nurse that comes to your house, you get a physician that comes to your house, you have a social worker, it's very comprehensive. And then she's just like, well, make sure you include fun and pleasure and whatever you do. And I was just like, okay, that's a second pleasure kind of thing. And I was just like, well, let me just kind of transition and become this bedroom candy consultant. And at the same time, I kind of, because I was trying to get out, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, my spirit's always been in more of the entrepreneurial side. I was like, mm -hmm. what is a skill that I have that I can monopolize? And I was like, really? Um, going, being a therapist, I already have an MSW, a master's in social work. Um, why not look into um, really becoming fully independent so that I can have my own practice and be and kind of move into that direction of owning my own business and maybe a comprehensive health center. So when I was doing the bedroom candy stuff on the side, trying to ease into doing my own private practice too, I just realized people, there was a huge deficit of knowledge when it came to sex. Everybody could joke, they could talk about how they were doing this and that with sex, but really a lot of the information wasn't correct. And a lot of people were just playing, if that makes sense. Like they would say, oh, I get this or I get that. And then I'm just like, that um, anatomically <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I'm going to let you say this at the party and not embarrass yourself. And then when we get into the room, then those same people who were saying all this random stuff 
will say how they um, have such a disconnect with their partner, how they've never had a true orgasm, or they don't know if they've had an orgasm, and all this stuff was happening. And I was just like, you know, if I'm going to do my own business and go into private practice, I probably do need a niche, you know, if I really want to um, move forward. And at this point, I wasn't chasing esteem like I was before, and I wasn't chasing money. I was just, I was really just trying to make sure I'm helping people. And, um, and make sure I'm happy too while I'm helping people. So I was just like, well, let me go ahead and get, look into becoming a sex therapist. And at first I was nervous because again, as I've been kind of saying, there's like a theme of how will other people view me if I go this route? And based on, you know, I did, I was like, what will my dad say? What will my mom say? You know, what will, will people take me seriously if I go this route? And I was just like, you know what, I just can't really worry about that. I have to do what I feel is my calling. And again, if I look at my earlier history from late middle school on, people have always come to me as like the person to vent to when it came to sexual issues, you know, when it came to being pregnant, you know, when I was in high school, people would come to me and say, what do I do? You know, I need, I might have an STI. I don't know who to go to. Who can I talk to? I was that person. So I was just like, you know, this is where I'm probably meant to be. And as I explored it, it just kind of naturally, like it, it kind of like before I felt like there were like blocks and hesitations and pain throughout my career. But once mm. I got into actually doing, I guess what I'm meant to do versus fighting because of power or the idea of money and all this other stuff, things just started flowing and, um, doors just open like completely wide open for me and I just you know it's just where I'm meant to be and I'm helping a lot of people I thought you know because you think of Dr. Ruth you think of Sue Johansson you think of all these people and you're just like oh there's already and if you go on YouTube if you go on Instagram all these different places there's all these people who were talking about sex so I was just like what do I have to offer in this field, (laughs) you know? And really, it's a huge deficit, (laughs) way bigger than I even imagined. So um, I guess I can say that in just saying that sometimes we can get scared because we think that there's too many other people or there's people who are better than us. And really, if you're just following your truth, you'll realize that where you're meant to be is where you're meant to be. So that's kind of, I hope, I gave, I know I just kind of gave a lot right there. I hope that was helpful. Yeah, I love the story, the journey, and all of us have our own story. And we, um, when we have the opportunity to share our story, uh, it really just puts things into context. And then we know that when we have a conversation similar to this one, we know where your heart is. So uh, I I appreciate you sharing that. It's an entrepreneurial journey. It's a a journey of self-discovery and purpose. And then, now that you're in this lane, in this space, uh, I see that you're making a difference, and I can sense that it is important for you to actually serve folks. And, and this is not uh, – first of all, I want to acknowledge how brave you – being in this lane, you must be, <laughs> because you probably get all sorts of looks <clears throat> Pardon me, from, from peers and from folks or whatnot, uh, which has to be pretty entertaining at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time – you are being that light, right? That, that that beacon in a sense where people can go to to address some issues. 
Uh, I think for, for, for a lot of guys, whenever we hear the word sex therapist, you know, we start hearing, you know, the strip tease, right? Wah, 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 you know, we start, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the immature side, right? We, you know, as men, we may tend to still giggle about the subject, but it's like, hey, hold on a second. It's women too. <laughs> okay. Everybody's well, giggling. Okay. Well, good. Then I don't, I don't feel alone. Right. So it's, it's, it, it at the same time, it's such a great opportunity because, the whole, the whole, you know, the whole idea, um, the connection, the, there's so many aspects uh, that can overcomplicate the crap out of the situation or make it absolutely beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about that whole, that whole piece. Obviously, we, don't have a, we only have, you know, we have a short amount of time, but um, what are some of the things, uh, or let's say one thing, that you find is a common thread or a common concern uh, when addressing the whole topic of sex? Um, Of course, that's a very complicated answer. Um, But I would say the simplest answer I can give is just pure lack of education and knowledge. Um, Mm. When it comes to sex, we don't have comprehensive sex education from the womb to the tomb. People think that, oh, you take one class in sixth grade, for one hour, you know everything about sex, and that's just not true. And it it crosses every like if I look at every single case I have, no matter what it is, whether it is pain during intercourse or infidelity, people just don't have any idea how normal certain things are and what's really abnormal because we don't talk about it. We don't talk about what does sex look like after cancer, after a child is born? What does sex look like um, when you are going through menopause or when you're having erectile dysfunction as you age? We don't talk about those things. So Mm. people just come in very ignorant. And a lot of people, you know, even if we look at sexual assault, we don't talk about pleasure enough for people to really, especially women, to know what pleases them and what doesn't and Mm. how men... Well, and I'm I'm kind of speaking a little heteronormative, but even how other partners, so I'm going to try to speak more general, but like partners can make sure that they're being receptive because really sex is a form of communication. So mm. how do you make sure your partner's satisfied as well as you're being satisfied and that you're attuned with one another versus just I'm only getting my needs done, met or you're only, I'm only focusing on you. Like it needs to be a reciprocal process throughout the, the inter- interaction. And so, again, I think the, the basic is just education. People are not, people are not knowledgeable about um, a lot of aspects of sex and sexuality outside of preventing pregnancies and STIs. That makes and, so much sense. That really does. Um, and thank you for putting that into context. Um, because my kids, you know, just went through their, you know, sex ed class, what, maybe a year or two ago. And I remember having a specific talk with my boys, uh, and uh, you could hear a pin drop. Right? <laughs> they did not look at me; they looked, <laughs> they looked away. But I had to have the conversation with them because it was important to, to, to kind of restate and and just present some some ideas or whatnot uh, that uh, that uh, I wanted them to to understand. So. When it comes to the whole education piece, especially about this subject, what are some resources that you recommend um, that would be beneficial? Um, So I think it really depends on what you're looking for or 
how, like if you're looking for things for kids or if you're looking for things for adults. Um, but of course, I always, I mean, one, one thing I want to kind of comment on with the pin drop before I get to the resources is mm -hmm. the pin drop happens like, again, across the board. So I do workshops for um, Vanderbilt's medical school on women's sexuality. No one says anything. I mean, sometimes eyes aren't even looking at me as I'm speaking. And wow. I'm wondering, I, you know, I sit there and I'm like, God, am I boring or is something wrong? And then, like, I try to do a filler check at the very end to see, like, where people are at. And everyone's just like, oh, I never knew all of this. This is so, like, new to me. We need to have this for 20, you know, for three days or whatever. And the same thing with professionals. I'll do it with um, with different people who are counselors and therapists and social workers. And I'll see no one say anything. No one's really making eye contact. And this, and I'm just really like, what's going on? Because I, I kind of am a very engaged presenter where I need feedback. And everyone's just like, I'm too scared to talk. Or this wow. information is so new to me that I don't even know how to process what you're telling me. And um, it's funny because I'm so kind of on the, the other spectrum of things now with being sex positive and being informed that I forget how much people don't know, um, again, across the age spectrum, because I've done workshops with middle schoolers where I've talked about how do you masturbate? And, um, you know, I'll see the girls not really say anything and I'll say, y'all have any questions? And then people are just like, just answer the next question. Just go on to your next team because <laughs> they're just like, we don't want to we just want to hear whatever you have to say. So, um, again, just kind of acknowledging that it's awkward for everyone. So, resources. Um, one great place is ASECT, which is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. They usually have a lot of websites and links to help people um, navigate, you know, different aspects of sexuality and sexual health. Um, you can go to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood has great resources. I mean, they, and it's for the basic, ASEC can be more professionally based. Planned Parenthood will be more comprehensive across the spectrum. Um, there is a sexed.com or it may be .org. That's a good resource. My website personally, um, I have probably every resource in the book. We, I'm doing some revamps on the website, so some of the links aren't up like they used to, but they actually might be up today. <laughs> I just sent it to them on Sunday, so they might be up. But if you go to www.pandorasawakening.com, there's a resource link on the right side. And it's funny, I have professionals tell me that all the time. They're just like, Renee, you just have every single resource, but I'm a social worker, so resources are important to me. So if you want to know about pain, if you want to know about um, – erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, all other resources are up there. Because um, again, it's kind of, it's sometimes it can be a little bit specific to what your area is. So for me to say, oh, you know, this is a great resource, it probably is limited to some of the other things you may want to do. So if you, if you have, if you're a person with a penis, there are certain things that are going to be a little bit different than if you're a person with a vulva vagina. So um, there's not really a specific resource for each, but if you go to those the, you know, Planned Parenthood will have more comprehensive for everybody. And then my website, like I said, it'll get, it's, it gets into education. It gets into um, body parts. It gets into feelings, you know, all of the above. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. You are just an encyclopedia. <laughs> I, I think I think that's your nickname, right? Uh, of of knowledge when it comes to this subject of of sex and, and intimacy. And um, the good news is that is there usually is a fix. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. There usually is a fix uh, for some of these physical situations uh, that may arise. It's just taking the opportunity and taking that step, being you know, courageous and actually acknowledging them and asking for help, wouldn't you say? Um, I would say more likely than not, there are ways to correct issues. And if there's not a way to correct, there's a way to adapt. Um, so that's the, the next thing to, to kind of think about. Is like some people are just like, if they don't have a 100% erection, then they can't have a sexual life any anymore you know and actually one of the reasons for specifically heterosexual couples to stop having sex after the age of 45 is because the male is experiencing penile uh, some type of erectile dysfunction um and most people don't talk about that because they think it's always i mean you know people put a lot of weight on women not wanting sex but um it's actually because of erectile dysfunction but the reality is you can still have an active sex life even with erectile dysfunction. So all that to say is to come back to the table is even if it's not completely fixable, it's at least adaptable. And we still, we have to be curious. We have to be imaginative in order to receive pleasure. Awesome. Renee, how can our audience, uh, what's the website again, uh, as we wrap up this conversation and I Thank you. And I'm sure my audience has, I have learned a lot in this conversation. I'm sure they have as well. If you would just be as kind as to share your website one more time with us. Uh, I want to make sure that we post it as well uh, on our, uh, on the podcast, uh, informational, that kind of thing. It was Pandora something. What was it? Um, Pandora's Awakening. Pandora's Awakening. Is that .com? Yes. Fantastic, fantastic. Just think about Pandora's box and how everything just kind of exploded with negativity, but at the bottom there's hope. So Pandora's Awakening is helping people to see that hope. Wow. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Renee, thank you so much for joining us today here on the podcast, the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Hey guys, if you're a B2B company looking to generate consistent sales opportunities on LinkedIn, make sure your profile has been looked at by a pro. For a limited time, MRDEU Global Media is offering a free LinkedIn profile assessment to increase your profile's organic reach with prospects on LinkedIn by 32%. Schedule your free LinkedIn profile assessment at MRDEU.com at MRDEU.com. DEU.com. Life hackers. Hey, just wanted to take a quick message to thank you for your continued support. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us on many occasions, I want to personally thank you because we do this to support entrepreneurs just like you. Hey guys, please take 60 seconds today to visit iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. This will help us grow organically and inspire more entrepreneurs just like you. Now, while you're there, please leave us a review, and I promise to read each and every comment and apply your suggestions as we continue to improve our show. Also, 
If you like free stuff, then make sure to like our official Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs fan page for upcoming guest information and free giveaways. Guys, this is David Ubita, your host of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give.